Hey, what's up? Uh, episode 120 of Franco's World. Solo episode today, no guest. Uh, excited to be back. I have to alert you, and I have to tell you something. It's really important, and that's sort of why I've been off and on with the whole podcast thing. I know uh, I'm losing listeners left and right, and being inconsistent is like a, a, the worst thing possible as far as uh, being in entertainment, being inconsistent, and that's not me. This is me, Uncle Franco. I've been doing this show for years, plural. I have to admit something. I'm having fun. And I'm having a lot of fun. All right? I'm having so much fun, it's making my head spin. I'm having fun left and right. I'm having fun at my house. I'm having fun at my workplace because I have a new workplace. All I'm going to say is that I like my job. It's fun. The people I work with are great. And uh, that's it. I don't want to talk about work stuff at all. Um, and I, and I enjoy doing stand up. I enjoy doing stand up every day. I get to, you've heard me talk about this on the show for years, just the opportunity to even do it every day. And I'm getting that and I'm getting better at it, obviously. And, and yeah, I'm saying a lot of stuff that's really dumb, but I'm also saying some stuff that, that gets laughs. It creates a reaction out of people and that feels good. You know, that's what you, you, you guys have listened to the show for years. You know, that's always been my MO. It feels good. It feels really good. Um, my job, my job stuff is weird. Okay, so I've been working as like a temp. Uh, I'm not going to talk about my job now, but I'll talk about positions in the past that I've had uh, as a temp. They don't really prepare you to do the thing, like job. Like you're kind of not really qualified for a lot of these jobs that you get whenever you're a temp. Okay, like I went to West Virginia University. I had a, my degree was multidisciplinary studies. That's where you're too dumb to have one major. So you have three minors. Okay. Mine were PR, entertainment media, and communications. I essentially got a degree in talking to people and watching TMZ. You know, I got a nothing degree and that's fine. And you know, when I was, when I was in college, the only thing I was worried about was having fun with my friends and writing jokes. I would literally stay home on weekends and I, and I, though just the way I write and the way I work, I need to have like overstimulation. So I'd have my TV on and it'd be old jutting Johnny Carson episodes. And then I'd have my phone would be, you know, every now and again, I'd look something up on my phone and then my computer, this exact computer, I'd be playing jazz music or old episodes of the Dean Martin show or something. And I, it's just, I just wanted funny stimulation that's really what it was okay and and i'd stay at home and i would you know try to write something that was somewhat funny uh looking back on it not funny at all but it is it, it's fun it's not funny and there's a difference trust me you know i was it was fun to sit at home and write those things because i thought they were funny retrospect not funny you know that's uh the big difference between fun and funny and, you know, being in college, I think people knew me as the stand-up guy. People knew I did stand-up, you know? It was probably one of my more annoying personality traits at the time. Uh, other than being very neurotic uh, and uh, being a big germaphobe, so much so that I would almost inflict my germaphobe ways upon my friends and get upset if they didn't follow my unwritten protocol. You know, that's just what I did. I'm sure I was a, a real hoot to 
to hang out with back in those days. But I've changed my ways. Therapy's great. You know, still very neurotic, but less of a germaphobe, you know. Anyways, so it was it was funny. I, I developed this relationship with my uh, advisor in college. He guided me on this path to do this degree. Essentially, he knew that I just had to get a degree. I think that's what he knew. Like, he understood that, like, yo, I don't really, I'm not really digging any of this. Just let me get the degree. You know, from this place right here, W, I'm actually wearing the polo today. I'm in my work clothes still. All right. Um, I think he knew that. And he and he put me on that path. And I would go in his office sometimes and we'd talk stand up and we'd talk entertainment, stuff like that. And the stuff that he would tell me, because he was a guy, my advisor was a guy that played in bands, you know, and he would tell me that like, yeah, I have a couple gigs a year and we get together and yeah, we've, we've made a couple, you know, records with, with, with this group and what have you. And he's like, but I, you know, I'm married and I got two kids and, and, you know, I got a good job here at the university and you could almost not, not, I'm sure his life is great. I'm sure he's very happy with his life, but you could almost hear that. Like, what if I had done the thing that I wanted to do? And so I, I always took those those thoughts with me, and I clearly still have them. That you know you have people like that that are not in the twilight of their years, but in the middle of them, and they've seen a lot of things, they've tasted a lot of different fruits, and they wish they could have plucked this apple off the tree, you know, the forbidden fruit, you know. And and I'm happy that I, I've done that so far. And that goes back to me saying I'm having fun in every aspect of my life. I'm, I'm getting fun out of it and I'm having the most fun when I'm being funny, but still now we're going back to fun and funny and there's a difference, you know? And my advisor, again, really cool guy. And, and he, he liked me enough that we would send each other clips of, of stuff we found intriguing. And as far as comedy goes, and he, he put me on this panel, uh, idiot me was on a panel in college um, for freshmen that didn't know what they wanted to do. Um, they, there was a couple days they came and, uh, in some building at, at West Virginia on the new campus. Um, it was me and a couple other students that were in my, in the college of media and we all had different majors and he just kept reverting back to me for, for question and answers. And I don't know if maybe, maybe it's because I was, had some sort of comfortability with the microphone, uh, unlike my, uh, you know, fellow alums, but, uh, yeah. And, and, and I actually slipped up one time. I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, he said, uh, so how does, uh, you know, West Virginia prepare you to want to be a, a, a comedian? And I'm like, well, you can't really study stand up in college. And he looked at me like Franklin stop. And then, uh, and then I, and then, and then I went on to this whole thing of how West Virginia university gave me the tools to understand marketing trends and how to read, uh, you know, whatever analytics and understanding algorithms of uh, social media platforms, just lying, you know, and I just trying to make the school look better. But uh, I'll never forget that he was a really cool guy. All right. So back to temp work. So being a temp again, not really prepared for a lot of things. Um, I have I've had to sign a lot of documents. So I'm not breaking any NDAs. Um, 
by by saying what I'm about to say. Okay, this is why this is why I have to be vague about job stuff because I've signed a lot of things. All right, and I, I believe in anonymity, and you've you know that from the jump. Anytime we have a listener Q and A, I don't reveal anybody's name. I barely even say my friends' names whenever I talk about hanging out with them. Okay, there's there's if if you go outwardly and you say you want to be publicized about something, I'll publicize it. If not, then I won't. You know, so uh, they they had me do uh, this one. I can't talk about. I had to calculate data. You know, for uh, the Korean Public Workers Fund, which is like the public pension in Korea. Um, so Squid Game Season 2 going to be about how I misplaced a comma and everyone in Korea has no money. All right? It's, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Squid Game Season 2. And, uh, yeah, so my temp agency got me this job I have now. And it'll be for a while. And uh, I like it a lot. So it's really cool. Again, that's all I'm going to say about that. You can hear the timidness in my voice. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Squid Game and things associated with Squid Game. This is uh, an exercise for me of, of being able to riff on stuff. So my gambling, Squid Game is all about these gamblers. My gambling is getting out of hand. I am, uh, last weekend, I spent all Saturday and Sunday in my apartment gambling on football Yes, I went below 500. Yes, I was upset with myself afterwards. No, I did not go out and get better at stand up either of those days. And that's really it. And 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 because a lot of gamblers have guilt and regret uh, after they after they gamble, such as any sort of addict has that feeling whenever they do something, they know, okay, this is hindering my performance. This is something I'm not supposed to do, and they have that feeling. Uh, of guilt or what have you mine isn't from gambling okay i don't feel guilty about gambling i could i could go i listen i i could gamble today i can gamble right now on a random college basketball game and if it lost i wouldn't be like oh i hate myself if it won i I wouldn't be like this is the best day of my life it would just be a pick okay because i'm very meticulous and calculated with these picks the thing that i had regret about was the fact that i made these picks and spent all Saturday and Sunday by myself in my apartment. That was the regret. You know, it wasn't the action. It was the lack of action. All right. I'm still trying to figure this out and process it in my mind as I'm saying it for the first time. If it is the gambling or if it is the lack of doing the thing you care about the most and you have the opportunity to do it. So I don't know. Again, I, I, I don't feel an itch to gamble. I don't feel like I have to. It was just something fun to do to watch football games, you know? Uh, and it wasn't, it's not, huh, now I'm thinking about it. And I hate to, to do this on air, but I am thinking about it. I don't know. Um, I, being up here and being creative, um, I was worried that playing guitar a lot and learning... Uh, a lot about uh, music theory and, and guitar itself were, was taking away from my creative ability. Um, and now I found out that it's not. Everything could be intertwined, okay? Uh, not that I'm going to go on stage and play music, but I can think about jokes and I can play guitar in the background because I've always written in rhythm, if that makes sense. Because I, I, I like to listen to music when I write, 
So it's like when I'm writing, it's like, you know, that's like my drumstick right there. And I'm like, you know, it's like that for me. And uh, so playing the guitar and writing simultaneously is uh, I turned out to be um, basically a non-factor, which is good. It's very good. You know, being a creative uh, person. Um, the podcast is about to get not necessarily a facelift, but there is some changes coming. I know I've been teasing that for months now, but now we're getting into the, okay, deals are made, calls are made, people are on board. Things will look different and I'm pumped and I'm pumped about it. You know, um, it's not like a, a life changing thing, but it's a step in the right direction, which is really what it's all about. You know, um, you can hit singles every now and again. Not everything, you know, has to be a home run. It's great. Uh, in the hopes that getting on base, you know, eventually I'll score. Yeah. I'm trying to make these baseball analogies. It's not working. It's bombing. <laughs> I, um, uh, let me think if I had any. So I, the other night I had a, uh, a gig got dropped on me last second. A couple of comic friends of mine were out of town and they called me and, uh, you know, this is what it's all about. And for those that want to get into stand up that are listening to this, for those that are curious about how it works, or for those that know how it works, that will definitely understand. It's like, it's uh, the best abilities, obviously being funny. Second to that is availability and being a good person and being a good person to be around, you know. And so I've been here a few months and I made these friends and connections with people that I I, I get on stage with every day and, uh, you know, they hear about what neighborhood I live in. And, oh, somebody has a show. Somebody's out of town. You live in that neighborhood. Frank, are you on? Yes. And then you and then you get on shows and then somebody sees you and then you get on more shows and you make friends. And it's this whole thing. And it's so much fun every time you shake somebody else's hand. You know, you never know who you're you're sitting next to at the bar, or the comedy club. They could be the next whoever. And it's a lot of fun. I genuinely I'm having the time of my life being up here, going out every night, meeting a lot of different people. And just like the job is to be funny. How like it sounds simple when you say it like that. It's incredibly difficult, but that's the best job in the world. You know, you get to be funny for a living. Why? And, you know, a lot of people get petty. A lot of people get bitter. A lot of people get this, that and the other there for me, in my opinion, that I've always shared it's that there's enough room at the table for everyone and you know being on so-and-so's funny podcast is gonna help you be funny in front of other people yeah it's all connected and it's just about having fun and being funny again there's a difference it feels good to do this i know i've been inconsistent with it but it feels good to do this it does but anyways, uh, as far as the podcast goes, I'm bringing on uh, my friend Joe, my friend Joe DeFilippis. He will be the producer of the show now, and he's great at it. He, he has a great podcast, the Good Crack Podcast. I was a guest on it, and if you haven't checked that out, you should. There's a full-length YouTube video version of it, and I wore my finest purple shirt just for you fine folks at home. You got to check it out. They, the quality customer care on the Good Crack Podcast is unmatched. They picked me up from my apartment, drove me to the middle of New Jersey. They they 
adhered to all of my wants and needs. They had Purell. They had sparkling water. Not just kidding. They, uh, <laughs> we had a great episode. Uh, they did a lot of background research on me. They were always prepared. And, uh, and then afterwards, I got a home-cooked Italian Sunday dinner. And then me and Joe took the bus from New Jersey back to the city. And um, Matty Ferrara, he's also on that show. And, and I should have said his name earlier. But Matty, I, I love those two guys, man. They're, they're really good guys, and they run a great show. And uh, I'm excited to see what the future has in store for them. But Joe, Joe's going to help me out a little bit uh, with the podcast. And Matty uh, has the equipment as well. So it's not just Joe. But Joe's going to be more in person just because Matty, his work stuff, he's in Jersey a lot. Joe lives in the, uh, Joe lives in Brooklyn. It's easier, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's mostly going to be for the solo episodes. Um, I mean, he'll be there for the, for the guest episodes, but, uh, you know, he can chime in every now and again, but like, as far as the solo episodes go, and we've talked about this. So me saying this is not any sort of, uh, you know, crazy thing that he's going to hear this and his ears are going to perk up and he's going to be like, well, we didn't agree to this. So me, uh, you know, and as, as my show goes, again, 30 minute solo episodes. You don't need to hear me for an hour. You know, Tim Dillon can do that. That's great. Theo Vaughn can do that. That's great. All those guys can do that. Bert Kreischer can do that. That's great. You know, uh, I'm me right now. And I have the utmost confidence in myself, you know, but let's be somewhat serious here and let's be somewhat realistic. I'm not at that level yet where I could just go on and on and on for an hour. So Joe's going to be there. Um, like as uh, similar to Tim, <clears throat> similar to the Tim Dillon show, um, how Tim has uh, his producer Ben Avery. He sits there and he wears the headphones and he mixes the boards and he pulls up clips and he pulls up this, that, and the other. Uh, and you know me, I speak in a lot of quotes or I speak in a lot of "Hey, w- uh, someone check that out" or "What about?" But it's just me having to do it, you know. Uh, and, and he's gonna be able to handle that stuff quickly, and it's gonna make me look look less dumb uh, while I'm sitting here with dead air googling specs about something you know he can be there and he can pull it up and he, he'll chime in every now and again and he, he's very quick-witted so i guarantee you we're gonna have a lot of fun uh and, and then we'll bring on guests you know just bring in on comics again i'm still working on getting a new equipment i am waiting okay so i was about to hit buy and my friend told me just wait until amazon prime day so if anyone knows when Amazon Prime Day is and can let me know so I can buy the equipment I need to to make the show better, that would be fantastic. Because I want to get handheld mics. You know, we're comics. We're used to the handheld mics. We use them every day. That's what I want to get. All right. That's the uh, that's about it with that. And I've decided uh, going against cha- <clears throat> changing the name of the show. Sorry, excuse me. My water, my glass of water is the thing that's holding up the camera right now. So I can't horse. All right. But uh, yeah, so I completely forgot where I was at. So the show, I talked about getting a new logo and I had some people mock some up and I just thought it was too much. Um, I thought changing the name of the show after doing it for multiple years, again, too much. Um, there Now, Franco's world, like, yeah, the listener has listenership has like fallen off. But uh, it's still been around. And so me changing it from Franco's World to Concrete Cowboy Podcast, like people are going to be like, what, who, who's the Concrete Cowboy Podcast? You know, and I don't even like that nickname anymore, so to speak. I, it was funny in theory, 
uh, because I would come up here and visit and, you know, I'd wear boots and denim and this and that. And I still do. And I still do that. But now that I live here, it's like, it's, it's, there's so many people from different walks of life here. It's less unique to just like, Oh, I'm from the country area, but I live in the city. It's like people are from like the middle of like war torn countries and live here. That's a little bit more interesting than a guy who grew up next to a farm. Uh, I didn't even have a farm. I think I've ridden a horse five times. Not really much of a cowboy. In my mind, and, and it's all cowboy propaganda, if you will. The classic American Western cowboy. These images in my in my mind. You know, maybe I listen to one too many Chris Ledoux records. Did I lose everyone on that reference? I guarantee you nobody listens to Chris Ledoux that listens to this show. He's great. He was a country music star, and uh, he was a real cowboy, quote-unquote, with the scars to prove it. I don't know what that means. Um, Whoa, just kicked my camera. Let's see what else is going on. Uh, I guess we can talk about dating. Everybody seems to care what my dating life has been like in the past few weeks. Tell you what, tasting a lot of fruits, having a lot of fun. You can fall in love five times a day in New York, and it is great. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm on one of the dating apps. I'm on Hinge, and I, I like Hinge just because it gives you the opportunity to say words to people. You know, it's not just appearance-based. Not that I have any sort of worry about the way I'm perceived and my, and my appearance or the way I look. I, I like the way I look. I'm very fortunate to, to look the way I look. And, uh, but I just like hearing how, like what women say, you know, um, you can look gorgeous, uh, as gorgeous as you want, but like, I'm, I'm a fan of intellect, you know, uh, sue me that I, that I want to be with a woman who, uh, you know, reads every now and again, you know, that's, it's not a crazy ask. All right. You like what you like. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, again, man, Dating's fun. Dating is uh, incredibly expensive. And I'm not and I'm talking to the preaching to the choir here because I'm sure a lot of you are New York people and you're like, yeah, dating's expensive. I had the worst, the dumbest thing I did when I moved up here. And maybe I talked about it before. I'm not positive. Um, I took a girl out for a brunch date. Okay, brunch, horrible first date. All right, because at minimum, you're there for two hours. Um, I was there for four, you know, and the service, the service was horrible. And I've definitely talked about this before now that, now that I, I think about it, but we got to give a refresher. Essentially, long story short, since I've talked about it before, the date was so bad, but that by the end of it, uh, she like begged me to ask for her number. Cause I did, I, I mean, I was just like, this is like, this is not going well in my mind. And I might've said that out loud too. I might've just been like, all right, well, you know, we're we're here, sitting, waiting for the check. But uh, she, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I was, I, I said something about like, yeah, maybe, you know, get at me on Instagram or something like that. And she's like, well, you didn't ask for my number. And I'm like, do you want to give me your number? And then she's like, absolutely. And she gave me her number. And then, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Not. I think I deleted the text thread immediately following that. All right. It was horrible. Don't take it from someone who's been through the wall. Brunch on a first date. Woeful idea. Don't do it. 
All right. Save yourself the, the trouble and the heartache and the $85 bill. All right. Save yourself that. <laughs> it's not good. Not good. Not ideal. Um, I don't know, man. I'm having a lot of fun here. Um, seeing a lot of different people. Uh, again, tasting a lot of fruits. All that stuff. It's a lot of fun. I've used that metaphor three times, but it is factual. Because there's a lot of stuff in every aspect of life up here that was unavailable to me in West Virginia and in Pennsylvania when I lived in both those states. And for me to be here and do this, it's great. You know, uh, you can do a billion things in a day. I love it. I'm just, I don't know, overcome with uh, a feeling of gratitude and and uh, joy, if you will. And finding, and and that's a little bit of like, here we go into the closing philosophy section of the show. And that's a little bit of the sort of, and we talked about how finding joy in the process of doing the thing. If I suck on stage, yeah, it, it, it sucks for a moment. And I'm like, ah, you know, that's not, that's not what I came here to do is to suck on stage. I don't get discouraged and I don't, I don't be like, Oh, the audience sucked, or I don't be like, I don't be like, that's really country. I uh I don't say to myself, is the audience fault? And I don't say to myself, it like this sucks, I hate it. Why did I do that? I have the feeling of like I can't wait to do it again so I can do better next time. Or I can't wait to write something else so it'll be better. You know, it's like I'm eager, which is a great feeling to have as opposed to the other side of that, which is why do I do this to myself? You know, it's never good to have that as a, as an entertainer when you suck and you're like, why do I do that? Why do I even try? You know, that thought, just, that thought just doesn't enter my, enter my mind. So I find joy in the process of it. And, uh, like I have fun on stage. That's the thing. Having fun being funny. You know, if I'm attempting to be funny, I'm still having fun because that's, that's the most fun thing to me. We, that's that might be the theme of the show is how I'm having fun, you know. But again, I got to get back in the groove. I got to get back in the groove of doing the show weekly because it's just another muscle that that makes me better. And I and I've listened to a, a few older episodes, and it is funny to see my progression from those episodes whenever I was recording the show with the same microphone and completely forgot to turn it on for fifty two weeks. Okay, fifty two episodes. You you can hear a difference in episode like. 54 to episode 53 or 52. Uh, and it's because, oh, I have to hit the settings button on my computer to allow access. I was literally recording on my computer, uh, like speakers. And I was wondering why it sounded so poorly. And I thought it really mattered where I was at in the house or who's ever home I was staying in at the time. And it turns out like I am recording full length episodes outside with this guy and it sounds great. You know what I mean? So it, it it was completely on me. Really idiotic move by me. Uh, but yeah, man. just I'm just grateful. And I'm having fun. And that's really it. You know? I think that's... I think, that, I think that's just like... As a person who's... Jo- again, as a person whose job... And, my, and the job I aspire to have... Uh, is to be funny. Shouldn't you have fun? You know what I mean? Have fun doing that. Um, 
random shout out that this person's never going to hear this, but uh, there's a, a really, really great comic. It's respected by everyone. It's very nice. Very funny. His name is Jared Freed. And he just, uh, he did the Tonight Show a couple weeks ago or last week. And uh, when I was in college, I would not necessarily lie, but I would stretch the truth a little bit. And I would reach out to like comedians, uh, you know, and at various levels. And most of the time they were all verified for one reason or another. And... I would ask them if I could interview them for like a school project or a paper I was writing about the lives of comedians. And I'd break it down. I want to talk about this aspect, this aspect and this. And uh, Jared was the only person. Maybe there was another that I can't remember, but Jared was the only person that got back to me. And Jared was the only person that took time out of his day. I had maybe just started doing mics. I was in college. I was like a sophomore or a junior in college. And he, I don't know if he still has the same number. Obviously, I'm not going to text him. I talked to him one time uh, when I was like a junior in college. And then another time after that, but still. Um, and he took like an hour and a half out of his day to talk to me about like the proper mindset to have as a comedian and, and you know, the work ethic and the this and the that and the what it's truly all about and the people he admires and the proper steps to take. And now like, that guy, like he's he's you know done shows all over the place. He torn all over. Uh, he's toured all over the country, and he did the Tonight Show. And I mean, yeah, he's at the Comedy Cellar every night, which is great. But like, you, that's people used to like. It's it's just really cool to be you know, uh, for to see a guy that took time out of his day to like have success. A guy that you consider a genuinely kind person to have great success like that. It's awesome. And I and I talked to him one time uh, again after that whenever uh you know he was touring and he did a couple shows in Philly back when I was living near that area and I went down I sat right in the front row talked to him after we got a photo together and he said he remembered the interaction we had with each other. Who knows if he's being truthful on that. But it is really cool to to see people like that get success. So props to him. Uh thank you for listening. Got to get back in the swing of things here folks. Uh, this episode definitely felt like, uh, I, I was just like forcing it to keep rolling. So I, I you know, I just got to get back in the groove of things. I've been focusing so much on stand up that podcast has taken, uh, you know, sort of moved to the back burner and, uh, stand up's taken like prevalence, but you know, that's what I've always wanted to do. So again, thank you all very much for listening to the show. It's going to look different here soon. Uh, don't be alarmed. Don't adjust your television set. Still me. Okay. Uh, thank you all very much. Have a great day.